Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Janice Waugh. Janice is the founder and publisher of Solo Traveler, based just outside of Toronto, Canada, and she is an expert in the world of solo traveling. And that's why we brought her on the show today. Janice, can you tell the audience just a little bit about when you started the Solo Traveler and and why you started it? Well, I started in 2009. It was about two years, uh, just over two years after my husband passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had been avid travelers. Uh, I've been traveling since I was 15 when I took my first cycling tour that was a month long. As a family, we had traveled lots. We had done uh, one 10-month tour. Uh, So big, big part of my life. And when he passed uh, a couple years later, I realized, given that the boys, my sons, um, were out of the the nest, that I was traveling solo. And I looked online to see what there was. I didn't see anything that Mm. I felt appropriate. So I thought, I'll give it my voice. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I may say something else about this a little bit later during the interview, Janice, but I feel like there's still a tremendous need for that and you're helping to fill that need, which leads me to the question of, tell us a little bit about the solo traveler, what you do there, what the company does. Well, uh, primarily we publish online, right? So um, it started out as a blog. It's a bit more than a blog now, but uh, we publish three times a week. Um, one, one of those um, posts is actually by a reader. Uh, so for about seven or eight years now, every week we've had a contribution from a reader. It's, uh, sometimes it's just a photograph that's yeah. really fabulous and significant to them. Other times they're writing about a destination they visited as a solo traveler and recommending why it's great for other solo travelers. So we're very proud that... Uh, that our readers are so connected that they are contributing in that manner. But yes, we publish three times a week. Our major uh, community is the Solo Travel Society on Facebook. And there's 260,000 solo travelers. Wow. Yeah. And it's a very active, very active community. Uh, As a matter of fact, on Tuesday, I was being interviewed by the New York Times and they had a specific question for me. So we posed it on Facebook. And within a couple of hours, when I was going to have the uh, interview, there were 166 comments about the question. So it's a really involved, active, engaged community. So that that's more or less what we, you know, we've got the publishing platform, we've got the community that we uh, moderate. Well, let me, let me just say good for you for uh, what you're doing. And also, I'm, I'm very happy about that Times uh, response. I'm not surprised about it, which is a perfect segue into how large would you say is the market for solo travel, Janice, and how has it changed in your opinion over the past 10 or so years and, and in what ways, if it has changed? Well, 
it's very difficult to nail down how large the market is because some studies show you know that 70% of people are traveling solo once a year and others show that it's a 15% market it's very very difficult i've seen all sorts of data um all i do know is that it's growing it's growing so if you huh? compare things like google searches 10 years ago to google searches now it's massively different if uh if you if you look at the growth of the solo travel society for example it's it's massively different but it's very interesting because a lot of the growth came after 2000 the 2008 crisis there were there were people that were traveling a number of things came together one thing is that the number of single people outnumbered the number of married people the percentage of people living a single life interesting living a married very life. interesting so so you've had this demographic movement that had been afoot for decades but had culminated at that time and uh and and that the whole idea of being an independent individual has been growing since the 60s right yes. so yes. this this idea of of independence has been a big big movement afoot as well and then all of that kind of coincides with 2008 uh the crisis and then in 2009 the bottom falls out of the travel market and travel companies start looking everywhere for business wow. and suddenly they identify the solo market hey there's business here and we've not been paying any attention to it because mm. we've been charging those individuals twice what they would be paying if they were part of a couple Yes. And so they started working to modify their business models so they could accommodate the solo traveler. So you've got this this give and take going on where companies are starting to identify solo travelers and solo travelers are feeling that identification and opportunities for them so it starts happening. So it's been really moving dramatically over the last 10 years and I would say somewhere around 2013-2014 you had a big uptick so that's uh, that's kind of you know what's been going on in the solo market. So in one sense, you kind of got on board almost at the very beginning of this trend, this growth trend, which is great. Oh, very, very much so. A very bizarre piece of luck, bad and good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because your husband had passed away, you were kind of yeah. forced into that. I will add quickly, I have two daughters. They're twins. They're going to be 31 next week. And they amaze me at how they're willing to go places like Iceland and uh, Costa Rica and Italy by themselves. It's like unbelievable to me. Now we're going to turn to a little bit of a more downer topic for the moment in the world, and that is COVID-19. And, and I'd like to ask you, Janice, your, your expert opinion on how has COVID-19 affected your business and the... Uh, the business of the travel community, as well as how has it affected solo travelers in general. I will just add, I had a trip planned for Mallorca last week, which of course I had to cancel. As a company, we've been hit hard, just like everyone in travel has been hit sure. hard. I was in Morocco. Uh, I left Morocco on the 17th got back of March, got back on the 18th of March, because I had a stopover in the UK. and the last you know while i was there and things were escalating all i could think about was our local guides 
and that they would have nothing. <laughs> I felt yeah. this incredible motivation to buy everything I could in Morocco <laughs> because I'm right. living in a, in a country that I have support. And uh, it's different for them, and, and their, their income was just being ripped out from underneath them, as it has happened for us. So we uh, survive primarily on uh, advertising coming from companies that are treating the solo traveler well, that are interested in the solo travel market. Well, in April, we gave all of our advertisers free advertising. Wow. Right? because it made no sense to do anything else. And uh, we feel that our goal is to keep the companies that do treat solo travelers well connected with solo travelers. Yes. And if we can keep that link, because we are kind of the middle of that link, if we can keep that link alive, then uh, when it is time to travel again, then people can um, pick up and go right? And yes. we'll, be, we'll be nurturing both our travelers as well as our, our clients and, and the, the travel companies. So that's where we're at. We're, you know, we will start charging again and yes. <laughs> yes. little by little and, and uh, we'll try to, to make things go. Um, the travelers, they're looking forward to going. They are, um, a number of people are looking at domestic travel first. I think it's a pretty common thing. I think that demographically, younger people are still looking overseas more than, than older people. Uh, and we have, millennials are actually our first demo and boomers are our second. Interesting. So, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, we see that. From a business perspective also, we've, we are preparing to launch on June 14th a new product called the Travel Dreams Bundle. And we're working with a number of suppliers to bring products and services into the bundle. Uh, at this point, we have almost $700 worth of value in that bundle that we'll be selling for $49.95. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's one of, that's a pivot that we've taken that we think is a win-win all the way around for, for the suppliers to keep their brand awareness and the like, and for the, buy, the, the travelers to be able to buy travel experience at a very discounted rate and, um, and keep their dream of travel alive. Excellent. You know, one of the, the things that you're pointing out here, which is fascinating in a way, but not surprising, is that even as the Chinese would talk about in crisis, there is opportunity with their symbol of crisis and opportunity because you're seeing new things that you can do and that can help the business community and travel as well as the solo traveler once things return to a more normal state. So let's think about, soon we hope, maybe not as soon as we'd like to, the world's going to return to a more normal state. I put that in quotes, okay? What, what kinds of uh, changes do you, or, or changes or opportunities do you imagine will happen once things return to a more normal state? In terms of the travel space. Travel. You're uh, solo travelers. Yeah, I think that um, more people will turn to solo travel. Uh, certainly we saw that, you know, out of the 2008 crisis, we saw an uptick in solo travel, and I'm expecting another uptick after we get out of this. Uh, the reason being is that it's been so such a strong surge for the last few years. And then you'll get to the point where friends, couples, some people 
will be willing to go out and travel and other people will be more reticent. They will be more conservative in their approach. For example, a, couple, a boomer couple, one, one uh, uh, spouse might be really healthy and have no underlying conditions and the yeah. other spouse might have some, True. in which case the healthy one will go out solo and the other might stay home. Or yeah. the same thing might happen with friends. I mean, I look at my friend, friend network and some are very, very cautious right? Yes. And others are far less, more or less a fair. And, uh, and again, you know, friends travel together. In some cases, that's not going to happen. So from the solo, from the, the, the perspective of solo travel and what's going to yes. happen there, I think that solo travel is going to see yet another climb in terms of um, uh, the number of people traveling solo. I would think, Janice, that there's a lot of a pent-up demand here, right? Oh, yeah. Tremendous pent-up demand, right? So that would bode well for, for you and the industry and the traveler. Yeah, yes. Oh, I mean, when we asked the question on Tuesday in the Solo Travel Society, it was basically what happens after COVID-19 settles down. And it's, you know, there, it was very obvious that people are eager to go. Now, whether they're eager to go outside their country or not is another story. But, um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing something about the importance of exploring your own country with the same enthusiasm and curiosity that you take into the world. Why and, not? There's so yeah. much to see. Well, and it's, and it's so diverse. And, you know, if you go to another country for the cultural experience, think of the U.S., think of Canada. There are many cultural experiences. Oh, There's a lot sure. of diversity across these countries. So even if you stay within your own, if you travel with that mindset, you will not only um, learn about your country, more understanding that it's diversity, but I think that you know, we'll do better as countries as we know each other better. I would agree. Just to add a comment, a personal comment there, a couple of years ago, my girlfriend and I went to Niagara on the lake. Oh, yes. I don't know how far that is from you, but what a beautiful area that was and a, and a great cultural experience as well for us. One thing I, I wanted to ask you about, Janice, is speaking of opportunities that have come about or will come about because of the pandemic, are there any opportunities for virtual travel right now? Everybody, as you and I are doing right now, seems to be Zooming, Skyping, whatever, I know there are museums people can visit, but I'm thinking more of something, something more elaborate, exotic. I don't know if you're offering anything like that, if your company's offering anything like that, the companies you work with. Yeah, there, there are certainly companies that are bringing their tours online. And it's a really, it's a way for tour companies. I'm thinking about day tours, not multiple day tours, but not day multiple. tours. Okay. Day tour companies to keep their local guides connected to them right because that's one of the things about um not working with people is that they could end up you could lose your your community of, of workers so yeah. it, so they're doing uh, okay i'll give you one for example walks uh uh they're just called walks now they were they were they originally started in italy they were called walks of italy but now it's just walks and um so they do wonderful, wonderful walking tours throughout Europe and, and in North America. They've, I did one in New York City that was fabulous. 
And what they're doing is they're using their guides and the guides are doing live tours online. Yeah. yeah. So, so that you can, you know, walk through a section of Rome and take a, a tour and it's wow. not, they're not expensive. I think they're about $14. Uh, so just a wonderful service that feeds the traveler's needs yes. to some degree because you're still sitting in your living room. Right, exactly. Perfect, right? Yeah. But you, you get to explore and you get to learn, you know, with this guide. And also, of course, takes care of the guide a little bit because they're working. Right. And, and it keeps the company, you know, working and keeps yes. the brand in front of people. So um, it's these types of innovative approaches to things that. Uh, that are going to keep us, get us all through. Well, that sounds great. Just real quickly, how will people, how do people find out about those through, through Solo Traveler? To some degree, yes. Um, it depends, depends upon when you hit us, whether or not we're promoting that at the time. But actually, Wax is going to be in the bundle. So it's going okay. to be one of the, um, the things that you get with that forty nine ninety five. So it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty easy there. And, you know, it's going to be walks and rough guides is in there. Insight guides is in there. There's just a lot of real value there. So that would be one place, but yes, just look up walks or walks of Italy online and you will find the organization that's doing these virtual walks. Fascinating. That's a, that's a great idea. I hadn't heard about that. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to put on your futurist cap and just think about, and I know it's hard to because as I was saying to you off air, who knows from tomorrow, nobody would have predicted we'd be in this situation a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Or even six months ago. But putting that aside, what would you think we would see new different in the next, over the next five or 10 years in, in your world. And again, not necessarily the whole big world of travel, but solo travel. What, what might you speculate we might see coming down the road, Janice? Well, I would think that in five to 10 years, we're definitely going to have every company, every tour company accommodating solo travelers without this, you know, ridiculous single supplement. Oh, I hate those. so I difficult for people. Yes. So, I mean, we, when we deal with companies, we say, okay, 20%, that's a maximum that you yes. can charge a single supplement because yes. yes, you know, a unique, a room for one versus room for two, but no more than 20%. And I would think that in the next five or 10 years, every company is going to recognize this, this uh, market and going to adjust their, their uh, business model appropriately. So I think that that's, that's very exciting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very exciting. I think also there's going to be a movement away from seeing things towards experiencing things. Yes. So uh, seeing the Eiffel Tower the first time is pretty exciting, but it's pretty short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even done it once, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I think that people will are going to move towards a, a more in-depth experience of travel and, and, and go to a wider variety of places so that over-tourism gets under control. Because over-tourism has been a real problem in the last four, five, six years where you know, travel has become so accessible that you get massive numbers of people. I remember okay. I was... Three years ago, I was in, Sarah, in um, 
Ljubljana. And I was looking around and it's, Ljubljana has this wonderful feel of both being Italian and being Austrian. It's kind of, and of course it's uniquely itself. Yes. So it's just very, very interesting. And I had this feeling that this is what it would have been like to travel in Italy in the fifties. Yeah. And I think that people are going to be looking more for those experiences and going places that have a richer experience as opposed to ticking things off a list. So it's almost like you're saying they'll be less interested in the tourist trap type places yeah. the, and, and more in, in, in finding places that might be a little bit less known, more remote, but yet offering great both visual and cultural experiences? Yeah, that's well, certainly, I think, that, I think that there is going to be more of that. I don't think they'll will ever, the tourist traps are always going to be there. Yeah, sure. Right. But I think more people, I think that with having been pulled away from travel, not being able to travel, I think it'll make people more thoughtful about how they're going to travel and, and where they're going to go. At least that's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I hope it comes to pass. It sounds like a very uh, reasonable thing to want. Let's conclude. I want, I want you to let our listeners know, Janice, if they want to learn more about Solo Traveler or how to obtain your services, your products, you talked about the bundle. How do they do that? How do they reach you and the Solo Traveler? Okay, so uh, Solo Traveler is uh, the URL or to, to get us online. It's solotravelerworld.com. So just go to solotravelerworld.com and you'll see our latest uh, publications or our latest posts. I always encourage people to sign up for our newsletter because we do yeah. send something out every, every Sunday night. And uh, twice it's, it's information that we think solo travelers really want. And once a month, it's a list of tour companies that are treating solo travelers well. So it, people dream on that list as well. So, um, but if you sign up for a list, then you'll learn, you know, when we have a contest going or we have things of this nature. So that would be really useful. The other place really to get engaged is the Solo Travel Society on Facebook. I wasn't familiar with that. Tell us briefly about the, the Solo Traveler again. That's uh, the community. Yeah, the Solo Travel Society, I kind of... We named it that from a branding perspective, people would say you'd be smarter to call it Solo Traveler because it's the, same, it's the name of the site. Right. But we called it the Solo Travel Society so that there was a bit of a sense of ownership I see. Um, by all solo travelers so that it really was more of a community as opposed to the publication. And yeah, there's 260,000 people wow. there that are sharing information every day, every single day they share. And these, and these are people worldwide, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, we're not just talking U.S. Canada here. We're talking yeah, worldwide. absolutely. Worldwide. And, and whether it be through the society or through your website and your publications, they'll find out more about the bundle. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, we'll be promoting it through all our channels, through the email, through Facebook, and on our site. So, yes, watch out for the bundle. The, okay. travel, the travel Dreams Bundle. The Travel Dreams Bundle. Sounds great. And, and I do have to put in a personal plug for your, uh, your emails. They're like an oasis in the desert. I really was not aware that there was that much out there for the solo traveler. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was a great find for me. Thank you very much. Janice, thank you so much for participating in this Looking Forward podcast. And there is a lot to look forward to in terms of solo travel, travel in general. 
And you're certainly at the forefront of it, and we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, the, the future will be bright. <laughs> future will be bright. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's J-E-F-F-Ostroff, O-S-T-R-O-F-F.com. This is Jeff Ostroff inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.